Hey, Brian Phillips here today with you. Welcome to the Grace Ops Podcast. It's an honor to be with you and to speak into your life and to empower you to live upright. I'm in the studio today. Actually, well, I say in the studio, but I traveled to uh, Elgin, Illinois to be with Dr. David Robinson. It's an honor to have him here in the studio. We're recording today. We want to talk about this topic here in a moment, the sensationalism versus faithfulness. Some of the errors that happen when we get kind of distracted with sensation, some of the the wrong paths we can go down. We're going to look at some of those and we're going to offer some powerful solutions for your life today. Before we get into it, I want to take care of a couple admin uh, items to, uh, I want to ask you to to consider checking out our website, go to graceops.net. We were building a culture. It's in the beginning stages, but it's a powerful, it's still powerful. Get into our culture, check it out, go overview the five-star charge, subscribe to this podcast and the greatest thing you could do right now would be just share it with some friends bring some other men along we've got uh we got a lot of powerful things happening we got a group on social media if you're on facebook you can connect to us there at grace ops at uh, at grace ops 212 you can find us there that's our handle so love to have you part of our culture inviting you into what we're creating in our own faithfulness to our assignment to help empower the world to live upright well hey dr david it's good to be here with you today. Great to be with you again, Welcome Brian. Always this. enjoy it. Welcome to this episode. Yeah, you're you're a wealth of resource, man. I mean, I we sit here and we have these pre talks before we go and we we go actually into recording. And I'm, sometimes I'm like, we should just record the pre talks, but <laughs> it's like yeah. so much good stuff comes out of you. I learn from you every time I'm around you, so it's really cool to hang out with you. And I appreciate your time. So I kind of have this issue. You know, this this podcast, we really gear it towards men, and there's a lot of men that listen. There's some women that check it out. And and I kind of, we, we want to, I want to kind of like d- help people see clearly, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Sensation is just part of our culture. You know, I, I can kind of identify it in the area of, you know, the youth culture growing up thinks they're going to be millionaires or rock stars by the time they're 20, 25. I remember when I turned 30, my 29 to 30 year old birthday, I remember going, well, I'm not a millionaire, you know, yet. Like I, I always kind of have that yet in there. Um, there's also this in, in church culture, there's this idea of just bigger, you know, it's like just big, big and mighty, big and powerful. And, you know, a lot of times I think where we failed in a lot of areas in this area, sensation and bigger is we've got the largest churches we've ever had in our culture. In our history, we've got more mega churches than we've ever had. But look at the day and age of our moral decline. You know, look at actually if our purpose is connected to possessing the gates of our enemy, we failed. <laughs> so we really watered down and polluted the uh, the idea of what it means to follow Christ. And we've we've replaced a lot of it. I'm not saying everybody everywhere, but I'm just saying at large, Christendom is so enamored with sensation, the sensationalism, and I don't know. I, I, I want to talk with you because you're a, you're a, you, you've lived through so much of the kingdom. I mean, you're, aren't you like 75 years old? Uh, be 75 in March. Yeah. In March. So coming up, right? Just like, a young like, man, just a young man, just getting started. Right. But you have such a good scope of just kind of like your life experiences and your own leadership and what you've, so I want to compare that today. Where have we erred because of sensationalism? And, and we'll offer some solutions today of how we can actually walk in faithfulness and how faithfulness is actually more glamorous to God 
than us chasing sensation in the earth. Well, Brian, I don't think there's anything wrong with size um, as long as it's related to the purpose. Exactly. And um, when we don't understand our purpose or we ignore our purpose, then size becomes irrelevant. Well, and I think when, it, when I mentioned that, you know, you get into this mega church mindset, and I'm totally fine with it, right? Like, if, if what I'm doing in my church grows to 1,000 or 10,000, that'd be great. But it would stay consistent to the vision, the purpose, and the mission of it all. But when I look at what people measure, like, we're successful because of the size of our building, or we're successful because of the size of our crowd, or our offerings, you know, that's when it throws up big red flags. It's like, oh my gosh. And this whole, it's like our whole culture just kind of like has this lusting after the sensational chasing after things that don't matter to our purpose. You know, we're going to talk about that today. We're, I mean, don't matter to our assignment. I mean, just, and it breaks my heart, you know, it really breaks my heart to see how this has happened. And, and I want to offer here in an episode so that we can kind of get back and, and, and really kind of glorify what matters Put that on the center stage, you know, being faithful. We want, I want to kind of unpack that here today. So I agree with you. You know, I want, I would love to see churches grow as large as they can grow, but what's happening? Where, where, where are we missing it? Well, obviously a church of 5,000 people in a community of a hundred thousand people will have greater impact publicly than a church of a hundred. No, no question as long as that church of 5,000 is related to the purpose of why they're in that city. It's like the mouse that ran across a wooden bridge with an elephant and got to the other side, and the mouse looked up at the elephant and said, wow, we really shook that bridge, didn't we? (laughs) Well, the elephant does not want to discourage the mouse. Right. And in any city, there is only one church. When God sounds the trumpet, he's not calling a dozen churches from any city. He's calling the church. Right. So forget the labels and forget the size if it's not related to the purpose. Yeah, and I fully agree with you. You're, you're saying to what and for what. And we're going to talk about that purpose here, kind of work it into the solutions. I have a, you know, this observation I have is like, I've come through a lot. I've been a kingdom church leader guy for 20 plus years. I've been around a lot of leaders and I long for the vision you just described as like that one, you know, one church, one regional and boy, It'd be great to see us actually get into at least even trying some of that out. You know, well, you know where that you know things. where the church is most gathered together, and where it's most scattered. Where the church is most gathered together in the marketplace on Monday morning, and it's most <laughs> scattered. That's fun. On Sunday morning, <laughs> when we all go to our families. And I believe in both. But if you want to win a city, there's not going to be one local church family big enough to win the city. 
It's the church in every city that's going to impact that city. The church, not this label, that label. Yeah, and you probably listen to our podcast as one who is interested in the things of God. You're either maybe really interested or you're like, hey, I'm open to the ideas of what these guys are talking about in this Grace Ops culture. And I think for me in my own life, I've been around 20, 25 years. You've been much longer than me as far as leadership goes. That's why I learn a lot from you just, just by a 10-minute conversation. But I, I kind of learned a while back that I learned this Hebrew word that really impacted my life. And it was the word that described uh, faith. And in the Hebrew mind, in the Hebrew language, it was, the word was imunah. And it, it simply just meant faith, to be faithful. And I was like, oh my gosh. How simple is that? You know, because you can, I kind of, you know, my masculinity, it's like, oh, faith is, you know, popping my veins, believing in this, or, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, making these declarations or doing this or that. And I know I believe in all that, but, but the greater foundation of faith was just to put the word full behind it, to be faithful to the purpose, to be faithful to the assignment. And I feel like where we, our culture you know, the world goes after sensation and, and it's, it's hard, you know, I want to bring this down into your like living room, into like your, your commutes into your backyards. It's like, cause there's a temptation to compare ourselves with other people, especially with social media. And we can even have that warfare against us of like, well, my life's not sensational. You know, I'm not glamorous. I'm not, I'm not famous. I made a TikTok video. I made this, uh, you know, Instagram post. I did this and that, and it didn't go viral. And there's this kind of like this lusting after something like that happening in our lives. And I was in a youth camp at the International House of Prayer probably three or four years ago, and the speaker opened up with, it was great. It was a great message. He opened up with this. He's like, hey, I just want to let you know none of you are going to be famous and probably none of you are going to change the world. Now let's get down to the real work. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's just a brilliant thing. You just broke it off right away. And I just want to bring it down into, the, the, into your life where you live because there's this warfare against, it's part of the spirit of the age of like, well, you, you know, you've got to be famous and you've got to be all these things. And, and it can come into us and actually wreak, you know, wreck us. It can, it can cause insecurity and cause us to be off focus, off mission. But what Christ would want us to do is to understand our purpose he would want us to model what he models. I mean, how how was Christ in the in the crowds of his day? How did he how did he reject sensationalism? How how did it how did it present itself to him in the scriptures? Jesus was all about individuals and not crowds. He ministered to crowds, yeah. but he was always looking for that one person that connected with him. The little boy with the lunch. Yeah. The lady who had an issue of blood for 12 years and pressed through the crowd. The crowd was touching and bumping him and the disciples (laughs) for who knows how long, and, and yet he felt somebody, you talk about faith, he felt faith draw on him, and he said, who touched me? And the disciples said, what do you mean who touched you? Man, they're all around us. You know, there was one person. And so crowds did not move Jesus. One person moved him. And when we go through this Christian life on a daily basis, it's so routine. So much of life is routine. 
But there are those moments, and we shared earlier in our informal talk about I've used for almost 40 years now the little yellow sticky note. And I started uh, that 35, 40 years ago, and the Lord spoke to me one day in my quiet time and said, I want you to be sensitive to those that I put in your life on a daily basis. And so write it down and put it on a little yellow sticky note and put it up. And it was two or three years that I looked at the same note day after day, and I prayed that simple one-sentence prayer, Lord, help me be sensitive to those you put in my life today. So all of those that are listening, Brian, to your podcast on a regular basis, your life may be routine. You may not lead hundreds, but you are the leader of one, and that's yourself. And uh, I encourage people, whether it's a yellow sticky note or whatever, but train your recreated spirit to be sensitive to those that are going to cross your life on a daily basis because you may not ever speak to crowds, but that one person that you speak to and change the destiny of their life forever, what's the value of a soul? Yeah. So you take the sticky note. That's like a tangible way that you help people connect and remember the purpose that we're called to. Yes. And when we were talking about this idea of sensation, and I kind of, you know, it's, it's just this chasing after these feelings. And, you know, the Titus 2.12 is the actually founding scripture of grace ops. And it's, it, grace trains us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. And then it trains us to live self-controlled upright and godly lifestyles in this present age, you know, right here and right now. So the sticky note is a tangible way to remember the purpose of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that goes all the way back to Genesis 22, which is what? What's the purpose? Genesis twenty two seventeen, when God brought Abraham out of his tent and he showed him the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea If you've been in church any length of time, you know that story. But the last phrase of verse 17, the purpose of all those children, of which you and I are part of the family of Abraham, you and I are here today because of the promise that that God— Because of the faithfulness of Christ. (laughs) Absolutely, because of the faithfulness of Christ and because of the promise that he made to Abraham. The purpose was— to Abraham, you will possess the gate of your enemy. And then God re, uh, repeats that in chapter 24, verse 60, when Rebekah's getting ready to go back to be the wife of Isaac. The last thing her family said to her was, may your children be thousands of tens of thousands, and may they possess the gates, the places of influence of those who hate them. Who hates the Christian in America today? Uh, progressive liberals. The progressive liberals, the politically correct elite, uh, those people who have been influenced by secular humanism, which started in Europe in the 1500s. Yep. It was just repackaging Satan's plan to destroy the family of God. Yeah. He has no new tactics. He just repackages them. Right. 
And if we ever need to stand up as individuals today, wherever God sends us on a daily basis, I've had people get discouraged because they say, well, I go to wherever I work, and I'm the only Christian there. And I said, and you're upset about that? <laughs> That's right. Man. What do you mean? I mean, uh, yeah. you know, I've gone fishing in Canada for years uh, up there on Lake of the Woods, and we pull into a bay, and there's a half a dozen boats in there. We turn around and go out. We want a bay where no right. one is fishing <laughs> so that we can have all of those fish to ourselves. And so I said, don't be discouraged because you're the only Christian. You have that whole opportunity to yourself now believe god for one other person because where two or three are gathered together all you need is one other believer with you wherever god sends you on your assignment your purpose and then you control the land you control the territory yeah and there's so much sensation static noise comparing yourselves with yourselves all that stuff's happening at such high levels in our culture I mean, it's easy on these these devices we carry around, right? You're going through somebody else's feed, looking at their best photos, their best moments. Yeah, how many followers <laughs> they have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. How many video views they got. We're always comparing. And I, I just want to give, give you permission today to live differently. You don't have to live with that sensation. That it's like a warfare. I call it like a, it's like a war against your very authentic self, your very authentic soul of who you were created to be. In God, in Christ. So, you know, like I said, and we, we talked about this. So you might be here for different reasons on this podcast. You might be in because you're like, oh, man, I'm all, I want to go all after God. And ultimately, I'm not going to lie. That's where we want to take everybody to listen to this podcast. But you also might be a guy that came to a steak night or heard about this event or that event. You might be just checking out, like, what are these, what are these schmoes talking about? You know, what are these knuckleheads talking about? And you might be, like, you know, kind of checking us out. And we, we just want to bring you in. You know, we want to help you see why we're passionate and what's going on. So the sticky note, I love the sticky note because it's, Hey God, help me be sensitive really to your will. You're leading. Let me have a tenderness about myself that I'm not just living for myself. And we can take this warfare of sensation and actually learn how to throw it in the trash can. We don't have to be moved by sensation. We don't have to be, we don't have to live with comparing ourselves with ourselves we can have a social media account and not allow those types of uh, war, war to come against us. I find it all. I fight it all the time. Sometimes when I feel myself getting like that, I'll just turn it off for a few days. Or I'll, people get shocked when I tell them this. I delete the Facebook app almost daily off my phone because I only want to go to it when I need it. It doesn't. And when it does come on my phone or any of these apps, I turn off all the notifications. None of them like tell me, oh, you got 15 things or you got one thing or this person. No, I go to them when I want to go to them. And when I don't want to go to them, they're not coming to me. I don't give them permission to come to me on my phone. Like, hey, this guy just liked your, your video. Uh, who cares? <laughs> like, whatever. Right? I use social media, Brian, the same way I use the yellow sticky note. Mm. And when I scroll through, whether it's LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, uh, it is, I'm searching for lonely people. I'm searching for people who are ripe, yeah. who are ready. I just saw one this morning, um, you know, again, related to the, the last election. And, um, you know, one 
one human being is not going to change the course of America. Now, together with many others, they can make life better or worse. But it's not up to the church to get involved in the cesspool of the politically elite and the narrative that's being produced by those who don't know Christ. See, it's not about us as the body of Christ getting caught up in all the social warfare that's going on. The church pretty well in America has already lost that battle. Our only hope is that we change the rhetoric and tag it to Christ, to the creator of the universe. And so I'll be scrolling through, and I'll add a comment. Now, it's seldom critical, but it will be provocative. I mean, uh, you know, I pray that God will help his people think and not just react. Yeah, that's right. Our thoughts, you know, must be programmed by God before we start putting them out right. on any kind of media. Yeah, we, I mean, we actually brought that up a little earlier about it, it kind of relates to this concept of maturing. You know, when you... When you believe in Christ, and that's why there's different water levels on this, even on these, the, 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 our audience on the podcast, you, uh, you're like a baby, and you have to actually mature, you have to actually apply disciplines to your life, you have to learn and grow. And I want to offer for you guys, I love the sticky note, I want to keep that out there as a, kind of like a thread throughout this thing, because it's, it's actually a tangible thing that you can do today to walk in to key things that we're going to throw out here right now. But before we do that, I want to just give yourself, kind of give yourself peace to actually walk in faithfulness. I don't have to be in, you know, you might be like, Hey dude, I get it. You know, I'm not going to be a rock star by the time I'm this one, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about the warfare that comes against us as human beings, human nature, our, you know, the scriptures actually say it's a terrible idea to compare yourself with yourselves. I'm not supposed to compare myself to your life. I mean, I could get discouraged real quick, right? You've, you've written seven books. You're, you've been a great leader. Like, I could easily be like, oh, man, I don't know if I could live up to that or or maybe could I surpass that? Or It doesn't matter, right? No. None of that matters. We're but, all what we are by the grace of God. Yeah, and like even today, just in your living room, in your cars, with your house, your, your, your family, in your homes, in your backyards, just get your mind shifted to this, this idea of being faithful. Christ was faithful to the Father's purpose. Christ was faithful to the assignment upon his life. And that's the only thing that matters for you right now today is that you would learn how to be faithful to the purpose and the assignment. And we're going to clearly identify, we already identified the purpose. The purpose of God's people is is to possess the gates of the enemy, of those who hate them. And we don't do that by... um, physically warring against them or starting some type of like crusade against them, some type of war. We do that by the way we live in the assignment. Let's talk about the assignment. The assignments in Matthew. The assignment is that we are to go into all the world, share the gospel and make disciples of all nations. Historically, the church has been pretty good at making disciples in a nation 
But after 2,000 years of having this assignment, I still don't know of one nation that has been discipled. In other words, it's driven by kingdom principles. It's governed by kingdom principles. And so uh, you cannot fulfill the assignment of discipling nations unless you control the gates of influence. Yeah. They go hand in hand. Yeah, and so we're encouraging you today to walk in faithfulness to the Great Commission, which actually is rooted in the purpose of God. God's heart was actually to... Why does God want his people to possess the gate around me? What's the point? Well, Jesus said, and John, I believe, my purpose... I have come for this purpose, to destroy the works of the enemy. What are the works of the enemy? Well, his main goal is to destroy God's people because they carry the gospel. If you're a believer, you carry the very presence of the Godhead wherever you go. So whether you're walking in Walmart or you're walking in to get your oil changed— Before you leave your vehicle, you should bow your head at your steering wheel and say, Thank you, Lord, that greater is he that's in me than whoever is in charge of whatever business I'm going into or whatever opportunity I'm walking into. And then you go in with that confidence. Yeah. So I tell the devil every time I go into Walmart, Hey, you might have been here all night long. You may be in there now, but I'm coming. And when I come in... (laughs) I'm going to have divine appointments. I'm in charge now. That goes along with what God spoke to Joshua about where his foot would tread. Everywhere. And so this is part of the solutions of let's just kind of, let's learn how to deflect sensation and that whole trap, all the trappings of sensation. And let's get our eyes on something that's way more glorifying to God and way more powerful and centering to you and I, which is being faithful. So we want to be faithful at these powerful ideas, right? This, this, this image of Scripture, like, where my foot treads. So I find in Acts 1-8, I find this, I find this little formula, if you will. It's, I call it L3, L3G, right? Local, 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 global. You know, Jesus said, I want you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then global. <laughs> Let's just go global with it. But I think there's a lot to be said about focusing on our families, our own lives, I mean, learning how to actually love and tend to your own heart, your own emotional needs, learning how to actually grow in those areas and mature and grow in the faithfulness of God. All of that stuff's a powerful journey that we're on. But right in our backyards, the local, the local Walmart, right? My local neighborhood that I drive through every day. How can I, how can I actually impact the neighbor 10 doors down? Seven doors away, right? Maybe you live in an apartment complex. What about or the, the one next door? The street, yeah, next door. How am I actually bringing impact? So, how am I actually participating in being faithful in the purpose of God's people, possessing the gate of my enemy, the ones who hate me? And how did what are the tactics Jesus gave us? Right, go love them, go pray for them, go bless them. Go get up in the middle and bring my presence and my spirit there. And we've got to get good at being lo- I think we've lost the local battle, which leads us to not. We'll never get a nation unless we can get local 
you know, times 10,000. <laughs> the battle for the kingdom and the battle for America is at the local level. Local, yeah. The federal level has failed us. State level has failed us. Well, because the reason we, they have failed us is because we failed at the local level, and that's the reason the unrighteous people get in places of authority. Yeah, and I think the church pulls out of the local level, and they put their hope in the higher, you know, the federal level. They want somebody else to carry the water for them, right? <laughs> right. And so that's the thing. Okay, that's the that's it right there. It hits a sweet spot. So we've got like, I've been around twenty five years. You've been around longer in the church culture. It's just I've I've seen sensation kind of distract the church here, distract the church there. You know, oh look, it's rabbit. You know, they're you know, chasing rabbits, and and I my heart aches because we've polluted it down, we watered it down in the area of just being faithful to the purpose, walking in the assignment. So the sticky note's awesome. The mindset of like wherever my foot treads, that's where I'm going to bring the Holy Spirit. That's where I'm going to bring God. That's where I'm going to I'm going to show up. The enemy, yeah, he's all around. But I'm actually coming into your turf today to possess the gates. Possess. I'm gonna, I'm here as an influencer today for the kingdom of God. And you actually can change the dynamic of not just where you are, but where you're continually going because you're more local than you ever are global. I mean, we're, we 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 repeat that mundane lifestyle on, in a thousand. I mean, how many times do I drive back and forth to where I work? Right. I just drove a thousand miles, one mile at a time, <laughs> you know, locally. How many times have I gone to my local supermarket, my local, all these local places? And what are we doing to actually present the glory of God through our own faithfulness and actually live a better life? So how are we engaging the Great Commission, this assignment to make disciples? Because that's the thing that breaks my heart is I see the church, I see church people, I see Christians, I see they get, they're chasing this way, chasing that way. And I'm like, hey, everybody, this is the glory right here. The, the purpose and the Great Commission, that's the glory. That's the sweet spot of the center of God's heart. And you're, you've, you're missing it because you're chasing the wind. You're chasing all these other ideas. When you've got to get busy about getting someone across your dinner, t- dinner room table, getting some bread out, cook them a steak. How are you doing? How is we have life? to learn <laughs> to be comfortable around sinners. Most Christians that have been born again for five years or longer, no longer really have any unsaved friends, close friends, yeah. because they uh, are no longer comfortable with that lifestyle. Now, we don't have to be comfortable with that lifestyle, but the Bible said Jesus was a friend of sinners. Right. It doesn't say he was a friend to sinners. We're pretty good at being friend to sinners, but what sinner... In your life, everybody that's listening today, and myself included, what sinner is in our life that if someone were to ask them, would count you as one of their best friends? Yeah. That's what you're talking about, Brian, yeah. is having that local, kind of relationship. On a local level, yeah. Uh, at a local level, in my circle of influence, to where Christ in me helps them get to know him. See, that's such a powerful thing, man. You're just saying you're like kind of wrecking you, you, that can wreck somebody's world in a powerful, in a God way. Right. Like, cause we we're so like divided nowadays, right. We're so polar pol- polarized, like politically, Oh, they believe this. I'm not going to talk to that guy. Or this. I mean, I'm guilty of that. Right. Like I, I can get tripped up in that, but it's like, like what you just said kind of just empowered me or imp- inspired me to think 
a little different about like, how can I be that person's friend? I mean, that's a totally different concept, right? How can I actually, it doesn't mean I agree with everything they believe, but how can I be a friend to them? How can I actually reach out to them and, and uh, offer them a hand of like, Hey, how are you doing today? How's things going for you? Like that's actually a huge missing link in our culture today, you know, cause everything's so, I know I'm going to say I'm guilty of that. I mean, you know, if, your, your if idea, it's not intentional, note, Brian, it won't happen. In. Yeah. But I think, I think that's a good idea. I like that. Like, you know, let's go after just making friends with people and, and, and losing some of this, this polarity, this whole, you know, you're evil, I'm righteous, all this stuff. It's just, let's, let's go be a friend, you know, to sinners, right? Like, let's be a friend. We need Christian friends. friends we need them. Yeah. But the purpose of what comes out of that relationship must be, let's all go find someone who's still battling the same thing that we have gained the victory over and include them in our friendship circle. Yeah. I like it, man. This has been really rich stuff today. And another thing we put in there as a, I'll put in there really strong as a way that can help you center yourself in faithfulness and this purpose and assignment from God is our five-star charge. We're, we're, we're empowering men and using this biblical, this language to define biblical masculinity. Be faithful in these five areas of honoring God displaying affection for those that you're doing life with your family, your wife, your husband, you know, the, the people that you actually walk with, what we just talked about. How about displaying affection even for your enemies, people that are, you would call sinners or someone that, you know, isn't, you know, start trying to learn how to put a sinner in your friend circle. And, and that's a powerful challenge. I like it. And then we, we, uh, the next one is liberty. You know, learn how to walk in the liberty and the freedom that Christ gives to us as his people and as his church. How to walk in the area of war. And a lot of times people think of the five-star charge, oh, war, warfare. It's actually the Proverbs 4.23 war. It's the guarding of your own heart. It's actually learning how to put the boundary lines and the disciplines in your life so you can guard your heart so that you can live out valor, which is the fifth one. So we, we have the five-star charge there for a very powerful reason. And I encourage you to... Use that as a springboard to walk in faithfulness and the purpose and the assignment that God has on his church. Well, David, it's been great being with you today. Always, Brian. Look forward to the next time. Well, until next time, we love all of you. We're here to serve you. And until next time, live upright.